Yeah. Especially this movie where I feel like you could honestly spend four fucking hours talking about the politics of this movie. <laughs> could, could we could we not? Not that yeah. I'm suggesting we do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I just on, on Alicia's behalf, could we not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually like omitted most of the political shit from the recap. I wrote the recap be before. A short recap. That's all yeah. this movie is. You know, yep. and, and you know what? I haven't had dinner yet because I like to stay hungry emotionally and literally. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, let's let's get into this so I can so yeah. you can eat. All right, let's talk about it. Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're celebrating Emily's birthday by talking about the hyper-realistic adaptation of a movie about a giant aquatic monster god. It's Shin Godzilla! Uh, I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cenobites. First, they're here to challenge a sexy werewolf, sexy vampire binary, my co-host, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? There is not a drink stiff enough into this world for me to be ready to talk about the politics of Shin Godzilla. Am I ready for a movie that got two enthusiastic thumbs up from Chick's Notes? Shinzo Abe? No, I'm not ready for this. I'm tempted to throw out that suitcase, but I'm going to I'm at least address it. Well, on that note, the birthday girl themselves, the cinnamon roll of Xenobites, Arcos, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? I am going to say that as this movie may have gotten two thumbs up from Shinzo Abe, it didn't depict the Prime Minister of Japan being exploded. Mm-hmm. So, spoilers. I think that seems consistent given that Shinzo Abe was killed and the country's reaction was, now hold on, let's hear his assassin out. He's got some good <laughs> points. <laughs> but he was so creative. Fucking amazing. Like, just one of the wildest fucking stories in recent history. Also, get yeah. ready for the Evangelion references. I mean, how can you not? It's a Dekiana. I was going to say, wildly, wildly, this is not the most ponderous thing we've watched for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Having just last year on the same occasion watched all of Evangelion. You are true friends. I do appreciate that this was a much shorter runtime for us to consider. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of two friends, True friends, two friends, our guests friends. tonight, two of our favorites, comics artist Jamie Noguchi and podcaster Steve Say. Guys, welcome back. Thanks Fuck for having us. This movie rules, so we brought in a pair of progressively horrified all-stars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you kindly. You're Happy welcome. to be here. All right. Uh, well, I am going to leave the recap on this one to Emily because, frankly, it was hard for me to keep up with a lot of it <laughs> watching it for the first time. There's both too much and not enough going on at some points. <laughs> I mean, so Jeremy contacted me before, before watching this and he asked me if it was cool to watch with his daughters. And I said, yeah, it should be. I mean, there are some parts that are scary, but there will probably be bored. And it sounds like that was an accurate prediction. Uh, Amara being, you know, the second grader that she is, uh, was very excited anytime Godzilla started glowing. <laughs> or anything started shooting out of him. She was very into that. Zuri I, was on her computer wandering in and out of the room at various points. Are, are you telling me your second grader was unable to grasp 
the nuance of the criticisms of Japanese bureaucracy and U.S.-Japanese relations. I will tell you, she immediately knew who the cool character was because she came in and started speaking English. So, yeah. Oh, well, you knew she was <laughs> oh, yeah. American, but you fucking know she's American because she comes in wearing a leather jacket. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Mara was like, she's really pretty and she's speaking English. I, mm. I understand what she's English. saying. If there's ever been a movie that it's difficult to keep up with the subtitles as they're happening, this is it because there are occasions where they introduce characters through subtitles, which I guess they probably do in the Japanese version as well. But like, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss an entire section of dialogue because you're reading that somebody is the head of some division of some part of the Japanese government. And you're like, wait, that's not the subtitles. What, what's going on? Okay, here's what I learned the first time trying to watch this movie is that the Crunchyroll subtitles are fucking unwatchable. Oh, no. Crunchyroll, that thing where they put the person's full title and job and occupation and name, they do that every time the character speaks. Oh, no. Yeah, and it's not, like, separated. It's, like, all the same lines. So it's, like, half of the screen. Yeah. It took me three fucking attempts to watch this movie correctly. There was trying to watch it on Crunchyroll and just being infuriated by the subtitles. Then I went to Shin Godzilla on Amazon, where I rented it, only to realize that there was no Japanese language option. What? I did that. Then had to rent it again because Shin Godzilla, parentheses, the original Japanese version, and parentheses, is its own separate goddamn movie on the store. Oh my god! I just looked to see which one Emily had bought, and I watched that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My friend has the steel box, though. So. I was like, if it's on Amazon, I'm sure Emily has already bought this movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. there it is. All right. It, it was a goddamn journey in technology just getting to this movie. Oh, a travesty. No, I, Ben, I feel you because I bought Godzilla Final Wars, which is a completely different <laughs> creature as Jamie's you, listening. You're a true fan. You are a true fucking fan. Yeah. I bought Godzilla Final Wars and I realized it was only in English. And then I realized that I had it on DVD, but it was a DVD from like 2006 or some shit. So (laughs) I was like, all right, you guys, we got to watch this. We got to watch it in Japanese because it also has a random character speaking English. But that's about as far as the comparisons go. (laughs) I want a fucking Oscar to whoever the English voiceover pilot was who said the line, Roger, payback, devoid of all human emotion. Yeah, the pilots, I want to talk to an American Air Force pilot in one of those planes being like, hey, are you okay? Chad real has more emotion than those fucking pilots. Maybe Chad GPT was piloting those planes. Payback. I had to rewind just Roger, payback. (laughs) They they forgot to take out the scratch audio. They just left it in. You know, I think it was just a TikTok filter that was like reading off. uh, They should have used like the missile was prepared to destroy the the missile. I I, I love a movie with a good character name. And this has got a couple, including Rando Yaguchi, which I was like, Oh, Rando Yaguchi. Rando? I was like, Rando. Oh, oh, that's his name. Okay. It's, um. yeah. Gucci is top fucking tier Godzilla movie human protagonist. Yeah, well, then, Goro Maki. Then maybe oh, my favorite yeah, name Goro that's Maki. ever been in a movie ever, Kyoko Ann Patterson. Oh, yeah. fucking <laughs> Kyoko Patterson. 
Holy shit. Kyoko and Patterson. Yeah. With her senator dad, whose face they don't never show like he's fucking Dr. Claw. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Kyoko, I don't want you there when the bomb goes off. This will ruin your chance of being president in your 40s. (laughs) I'll hit you next time, Gadget. (laughs) Next time. I'm like, God damn, what's Fox News got to say about Kyoko Patterson? Oh, Oh my God. I I need to read her page on what I assume is the Department of State website or Intelligence (laughs) Files. I took a fucking photo of my television screen because I need to read this in full. Kayoko Ann Patterson, U.S. Department of State International Mechanism Official. What? It is <laughs> Mechanism Japanese, official. It is the Japanese-American third from Washington. <laughs> she entered Harvard University at 15 years old. She learned economics, political science, and acquire a bachelor. Man. Good for her. After doctoral course completion, she acquired a trial lawyer qualification. <laughs> Father member of Upper House of Democratic Party. Oh, God. Upper Ooh. House? What does that mean? We it's... have an Upper House? Yeah, it's it's like when Mars is in the House of Lords. He's, like, yeah. well, I love that the, the, fucking, the localizer was able to see that and go like, okay, you mean senator. Her dad's yeah. a senator. We're yeah. going to just say yeah. that. But that yeah. did not make its way into this fucking screenshot of the u.s department of state website honestly considering how a lot of like government websites work i wouldn't be surprised if they weren't like proofread yeah so i just need to share that in full because it's fucking incredible no it was gorgeous thank you for i saw the screenshot in twitter so good speaking of our uh time spent watching various other things that emily has recommended this including i think this abbreviation came up in Evangelion. There were several like abbreviations in this for different Japanese state departments that I didn't know. But then yeah. JSDF showed up and I was like, hey, I know what that is. <laughs> I know that yeah. one. I was like Steve yeah. Rogers. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> I got that right. Well, I will say, take anything we say in this podcast with a grain of salt because I feel like the overwhelming theme of this movie, and if there's one message to take away that the careers are trying to impart, it's Go the fuck away, Americans. I don't give a fuck what you think. (laughs) I don't know if this is how the Japanese government works. I don't know anything. Everything I know comes from Evangelion and Ghost in the Shell. When the fucking Fukuchi Madaichi disaster was happening and when the tsunami hit back in 2011, I was working retail and people kept coming into the store like freaking out about radiation. And I ended up like going on the internet at the store and looking up like Japanese radiation regulation and like all of these things. I looked up like Nico Nico Live, which is the NHK live stream. Uh, NHK being like one of the main news outlets in Japan. In terms of politics, I don't know what their equivalency is here, but I did end up seeing a lot of Shinzo Abe and a lot of people in their little, in the blue uniforms and making announcements and talking about throwing concrete on things and pointing at all of the different reactors of Fukushima Daiichi. So at least that was familiar to me. I mean, How well that worked, I, this, I am not fluent in Japanese. The satire like, that I think translates, even without knowing anything about the workings of the Japanese political system, 
there is a level of satire that I think translates no matter what. Like when oh, they're yeah. in the fucking prime minister's office and they're like, we need a bigger meeting for this. Quick to the conference room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now we need a smaller meeting. Quick back to the prime minister's office. Yeah. You, you've got I, the fucking the military is just sitting around having a meeting, waiting for the politicians to sit around and have a meeting. Yeah. I will say Amara's favorite part in this early going was when the group of men in the same suits uh, were all in one room. And then they went to another room to find more men in the same suits. <laughs> There's, an There's almost a whole th- bunch of them and they left one room and then they came to another room and there were all even more guys in suits. <laughs> That's There's the an best almost description. Monty Python quality to a lot of the, the early parts of this movie. Yeah, yeah, but I think the brilliance of that is that it is probably some of the most accurate. I mean, maybe oh, yeah. the real thing is less stiff. The- the prime minister but, being like, I need to address the nation. Quick, someone get me my emergency gear uniform so it looks like I'm doing something. Oh, yeah. And the yeah, number of well, times the, the people one, in the, the same one, room go, are we doing such and such? Are we doing such and such? We're doing such and such. We're doing such and such. Yeah, like, it's the like one for us repeating what the computer is saying, like yeah. all in the original series. The one fucking old guy who just exists to show up and go, I'll call a press conference. And yeah, and so we were talking about the subtitles, and a lot of these people are announced by subtitles. So I assume in the Japanese versions, they have actual Japanese subtitles there. But there's other times, like when they basically like superimpose the entirety of Article 74 over the screen. I'm glad that they didn't translate that one, because that would have been just too much. Speaking of superimposing stuff on the screen, let's give it up for this movie's innovation in laptop vision. Hell yeah. Like, fuck it. Just people just staring at a glowing screen <laughs> and just fucking. And you know what? It was fucking hype as hell. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing about this movie is that it's really fast paced for being about bureaucracy. It, it's like bureaucracy is almost like fucking that Simpsons quote, like bureaucracy, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Yes. Yes. Like, this is a movie all about how fucking just like rigor mortis like fucking unable to respond like the bureaucracy is but then i guess it also presents like its idealized vision of a super cool badass bureaucracy where the camera's <laughs> whipping around and the cool music's playing the guys are just being like i'm fucking securing the, the manufacturing facilities as we speak what yeah. about the transport i'm on it we need to delay <laughs> the count i got a fucking back channel i love that, that like the first half hour of this movie is Rando Yaguchi trying to be like, uh, guys, I know, sorry, uh, guys, I just, no, wait, guys, I think that we should do something about this. Um, I think that it's a monster, guys, and that he's trying to tell everybody what's actually happening for half an hour before yeah. Kyoko Ann Patterson kicks in the door and she's like, <laughs> I'm American and fuck red tape. Let's get some shit done. <laughs> then, like, the moon starts moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie will eventually just bring out a bunch of random white people to serve as like Americans to look out windows. This is yeah. this is symmetrically incredibly Japanese woman who's speaking a lot of very heavily act Japanese accented of what is supposed to be her native tongue. Yeah. And also well, yeah. my favorite part was her going like the land of my grandmother, the only relative of mine who is from Japan. I, only one quarter Japanese woman. <laughs> she was spending well, a lot of time in Japan before that, I guess. And they really I, took I, the time for her to be like, 
hey, I'm not very good with honorifics. Can we cut that shit out and be more casual? <laughs> it's like, I, oh, very American. I, yeah, she's like, I'm not super comfortable with my Japanese. And then just speaks like the fucking fastest that anyone speaks in this whole film. <laughs> I love how they think how organized Americans are and how quickly our government would move in a crisis situation. Yeah, We've, we have documented proof that that is not the case. But that's not we don't have Kyoko and Patterson on the job. No, we would very quickly blame somebody else for yeah, Godzilla yeah, and bomb yeah. them. That part felt real, real for us. But like the fact that they think the Americans are fast acting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our uh, our bureaucracy is just as bad and doesn't work as well. Nope. I mean, anyway. this is like if we made like, I don't know, like a goddamn zombie movie that was mostly about like partisan gridlock. I oh, that would be, that would be amazing. While the yeah. zombies are munching on them, they're yeah, talking like, about honestly, like, we gotta honestly, have a meeting. And this zombie incident that starts very manageable, but then just all the fuckery of the U.S. government yeah. like yeah. makes it spiral into full on apocalypse. Now, don't give Hollywood any ideas unsolicited. Alicia, like, cut this, cut this, cut this. I'm yeah. going to fucking yeah. do this TM, 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 TM. Got to write that shit down. in the mail right now. Save that for when the strike is over. Yeah. The name is not familiar to me, but apparently the, the guy who plays the official of Japan self-defense forces is a Japanese rapper. Yo! Named Krog. Yes. I didn't know that. Wait, is that I like the dude or the lady? The dude or the lady? The dude who's in charge of the military. Okay. If the lady was a rapper, I'd be like, "That's fucking Fuck legendary. That's right? more legendary than legendary Godzilla." Like she was hardcore too. Yeah. I mean, in this movie, we got here like Hiroki Hasegawa, Yutaka Takanochi, and Satomi Ishihara. This is a fucking beautiful cast. Like all the main characters. Oh yeah, these are stunningly beautiful government officials. Even my girl Mitako Ishikawa, who is the sort of tired-looking like super nerd, who is one of my favorite characters in this movie. Um, she plays. Uh, oh, she's amazing. Ogashira. Yeah, and she's the one who's like, hey, her hey. and like the scientist who's always wearing like a scarf and is like <laughs> yeah. origami. Like they're my favorite characters. They're the best. The scarf scientist was so good too, but uh, let me talk about the the specs here. God, this man is not gorgeous. Right, almost as hot as Mock and Rio, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> oh, are we talking One um, Piece time? Live action, okay. Later. We smack it into there. No. <laughs> okay. So this is a movie from 2016, directed by Hideaki Anno, the creator, director at all of Evangelion. Um, he's also directed a bunch of live-action movies, some for better or worse. And Shinji Higuchi uh, co-directs mostly as the VFX director. He also worked with Hideaki Anno on a lot of the Evangelion stuff. Written by Hideaki Anno. Starring, as we've said, Hiroki Hasegawa as Deputy Chief Cab Cabinet Secretary Higuchi. Rando Higuchi, excuse me. Satomi Shihara as Kayoko Ann Patterson. Yutaka Takanochi as the aide to the Prime Minister. Uh, Hideaki Akasuka and Mikako Ichikawa as Hiromi Ogashira, among others. Those are the main stars that I wanted to discuss. So, is Deki, quick are, recap. Is Hideaki Akasaka the guy who has like a real cigarette smoking man vibe? Who's just like regularly talking to Yaguchi throughout this and he's like, yes, well, you could yeah. do this, but... Yeah, he's the one with the glasses. Yeah, he's got um, a real like, this is a man who might quietly murder you vibe. Yeah, he's, he's got a big mafia end to him. All right, so. Oh, he was in Shin Kamen Rider. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. 
Oh shit! Sorry. We'll talk. Oh, it's all good. No, I'm... but he was in Shin Kamen Rider. Awesome. Is, is he Kamen Rider? No, he's um. A bit old for Kamen Rider. He's not Kamen Rider, but he plays a Tachibana Tobe. So he's gotcha. he's like the handler. Hiroki okay. Hasegawa. He plays Ultraman though in Shin Ultraman, doesn't yes. he? Yes. Yes. Oh shit! Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, Takumi Saito. Oh, Takumi Saito, the tank captain. He has a cameo as a tank captain. And I was like, I recognize that motherfucker because he's in Shin Ultraman. Nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Part of, uh, what is that? Uh, Hideaki, Hideaki Anno's uh, Shin first. It has yeah, a better his, name. His Japan. It's like Japan classic heroes, heroes yeah. first. Or yeah. Something like that. But I think Yutaka Takanochi also has a role in Shin Ultraman. So he's in all three. Well, I just okay. checked. And apparently his role in those other two is government official. So. Yeah. Man, man's fucking playing to a tie. There you go. All right. So our movie begins Tokyo Bay. Where else? Where an abandoned yacht is found belonging to a missing zoologist. And this heralds a number of incidents, including the sinking of a rescue boat and the flooding of the Tokyo Bay Aqualine Tunnel. To clarify, the Tokyo Bay Aqualine is a collection of bridges and tunnels that cross the Tokyo Bay. It sounds fucking terrifying. It's like the channel. Yeah. Anyway, it's flooded, and uh, but you can adding... exit by a slide when it fucks up, which is pretty yeah. Cool. And this is all represented by like various found footage, and then some footage of the folks in the government reacting. Adding to the mystery, a video of a giant tail thrashing in the bay waters goes viral. The government and the populace react. Enter Deputy Chief Cabinet Secretary Rando Yaguchi, who postulates that some kind of living creature is involved. Everyone thinks that this is preposterous until a giant, awkward, fish-eyed monstrosity starts ambling through Tokyo's Kamada district, ejecting copious amounts of blood from its gills and stumbling over cars and buildings. Nobody even says sorry to Yaguchi. I just got to say. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's like, yeah. our bad. You were right. It is a giant yeah. monster. <laughs> Everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. And then, yeah. And then. Can I make a Kamada confession? Can... Yes. yes. I did not realize that we were dealing with Godzilla right off the bat. Oh yeah, I saw. Did you think it was like the monster that Godzilla would? Yeah, to fight? like I, I didn't. I walked into this not knowing a single thing about oh, it, other than a bunch mm, of my friends same. saw it during Comic Con. They went to like some premiere or something like that. So I didn't know that this was going to be kind of in a more traditional style Godzilla movie as opposed to the Americanized ones that we've gotten in the past like oh. decade or so. Oh, yeah. Um, Look, so I will say it does not get much more traditional Godzilla than fighting King Kong with random bullshit involved. Oh, uh, tr that's very like true. Fucking, but that's like the fucking like third Godzilla movie or something. I just that's good. That's pretty old school. Like, I didn't know about the evolution stuff. I didn't know. That like when that thing came out of the water and we got our first look at that googly eye that they, you know, kind of taped onto the side. I was like, fucking is that the thing eye. that he fights? What's <laughs> up with the arms? I, and then it started to transform and I was like, oh, OK. Yeah, I have to say I was in the same boat. I, I knew little to nothing about this other than like what I've learned having talked to you guys about completely other different movies that this comes up on, you know, somewhat often. But like when Godzilla first pops out of the river and uh he's got those giant fish eyes i was like that's gonna change right we're gonna change that yeah <laughs> i saw I, I was reading like, something and they were like 
the so-and-so did the redesign for Godzilla, and then that thing came out of the water, and I was like, ooh, no. It's so that's, that's, on that one. It's a lot for you to expect me to take that seriously for very long. Yeah. I, I do enjoy I, those early things of him, like, crashing boats down the river and knocking like cars on. flopping its place. head on buildings and shit. Like, it just has no idea what the fuck. He has a I nickname. Mean, they call him Kamatakun. Kamatakun. Yeah, and I mean, he has plushies, and they, it's so cute. There's they one family that just straight up dies because they're in a building that Godzilla knocks over, not even trying to, like, knock over a building. It's just Godzilla's just trying to keep, like, his balance while, like, standing up for the first time, and he doesn't quite have the hang of it. I will say, Kamatakun, like, I had the same reaction when I first watched the movie. I'm like, what the fuck is this <laughs> what the fuck is this googly-eyed little shit i love then, him i know and now i, I love him and i would die for he him must be protected no. yeah so i guess i had things. more context because i did go into this knowing it was more of a reboot and the evolution but yeah really more than other especially american takes on godzilla attacks like this really did feel like a true modern reboot yeah. or recreation i mean just taking the core of Godzilla from being uh, commentary or metaphor on the nuclear attacks of World War II to the Fukushima disaster. Yeah. I mean, it, it's such a refocusing that so perfectly modernizes it and also completely changes the themes that the story is exploring. I yeah. mean, just so much that it goes from like Godzilla is something that happened to us to. Godzilla is something we did to partly to ourselves yeah. just changes what this movie is choosing to explore so much compared to the 54 original. Yeah. Well, this one also is, is a reflection on just how out of control people are as well. That works with the commentary about nuclear war and nuclear power. Um, I'm going to continue the recap before we get too much further. Although I'm it, like I guess we can spend fucking hours about the, the yeah. Reason. Um, so Kamatakun is um, out and about, leaving a trail of destruction behind their cute little tail. The Prime Minister and all his officers struggle to keep up with the ex escalating events. Citizens barely have a chance to evacuate, and during the time they take to discuss what to do, Godzilla changes form and retreats back into the bay. During this brief respite, the government has time to contemplate the following. One, what the fuck? Two, they will explode it. Three, they should probably evacuate people better. Four. Oh shit, it's radioactive. Five, actually they should figure out what the fuck before they explode it. The Prime Minister makes a statement, the government issues evac orders, and Rando Yuguchi assembles an elite team of super nerds to figure out what the fuck. The military gears up for the explosion part. Best girl, I'm in my opinion, Hiromi Ogashira, is proven correct that the creature is powered by nuclear fission, which complicates explosion plans. Meanwhile- one of the best scenes where the guy who is like, you're wrong. And then like half an hour or half a minute later, he's like, ah, ah. he's like screaming. He's, I love that guy so much. If, if I could just drug. make a note, let's go with band of rebel scientists as they were called in the version I watched. Incredible. Oh, yeah. They have like a whole like upstarts, ner super nerds. That rebel was scientists. like an anime introduction of going around the table, <laughs> introducing all the zany characters. They really needed die. some like eye twinkle and flare in the background. Oh man, yeah. I, I needed like Jing, fucking like Jing, some James Jing. Gunn style, Just the like scarf blowing frames, in the wind. Graphics yeah. appear, but it's his towel. Yeah, big shine in the smile. Like I, uh. I know the first like 
30 minutes of the movie is mostly just old Japanese bureaucrats being entirely ineffectual and useless. But I will have to say, if I was in a meeting and it was like, hey, a pipes person, there's flooding. We need to deal with this flooding issue. And one of my coworkers went like, maybe a monster did it. That's true. I, That's I do true. appreciate you're talking about Hiromi Agashira and, and how much you loved her. I do think like she has a real like April Ludgate of this office energy. you guys are stupid they're they're like there's no way that his weird you know coral feet will work when he gets up on land and she's like yeah they will and and (laughs) they do and she's like i told you yeah i I, I told you motherfuckers (laughs) yeah yeah meanwhile other best girl kayoka Ann patterson struts into the scene with some special info this her leather jacket in her leather jacket and her fucking how else are we supposed to know she's american if she doesn't wear a leather jacket it's the Um, best tokusatsu entrance it's a proper toku entrance yes so she comes in with this info about how this creature was predicted by goro maki who is a zoologist shunned by japan and american academia alike that was his vote that we saw in the beginning he called the creature godzilla Nobody believed him about it, so he disappeared and left his notes behind, which were all in some crazy code. A bunch of international scientists have done some research on it, but it's incomplete, and now the U.S., which is Kayako's home country, is calling dibs on the monster. Kayako may or may not be able to save Japan and the world, but hell if it's going to stop her from running for president of the USA. Yeah, there's a great line when when they first start working together, and... I, I think it's Yaguchi asked Kyoko, like, do you want to study it or exterminate it? And I just asked myself, I'm like, baby, we're American. Yeah. We do both. <laughs> study it after we blow it up. Yeah. The, Fuck it uh, or fight it. Which one? We're not an both. we're not an or country. <laughs> we're an and country. Yeah, yes, and so during this discussion, Godzilla reemerges from the sea. It's bigger and badder than ever, and now it is time for the explosion plan. The explosions don't work. That's the short version of that story. Now the U.S. comes in and also uses some explosions, and they're because they're helping. They swear, um, helping. Yeah, quote unquote, helping. The government offices have to evacuate because you know Godzilla is like right in the middle of town, and America's gonna blow Godzilla up in the middle of town. So. The PM and several of his officers climb into a helicopter, but they meet their untimely demise when Godzilla reacts to all of the bombs coming out of the air with his oxyacetylene torch, atomic breath, and fucking dorsal lasers. Yes, folks. This Godzilla has more shit. But he's fucking good at aiming him, too. He's just... Yeah, well, he just works out the kinks in his back, and, I mean, he's kind of an AOE effect. Shimmy, takes out yeah. all the planes, takes out all the bombs. Yeah, so he basically just does a, a purification spread in the like dome of space above him. So all uh, those years of tap are finally paying off. <laughs> <laughs> Look, mom, I can do it. I told right. you I'd amount to something, Dad. Fucking win, fucking win. Until the stone dance. All right, so I just yeah, dance. Sorry, that's all good. So yeah, a bunch of high ups in the government, including the prime minister, they have all exploded. And that sucks, but at least Chizilla is... Ooh, that didn't come out right. At least Godzilla... Chizilla. I love that, though. Jeez. Shut up. That, at least Gzilla is suckered out and hibernates in the middle of the mostly destroyed Tokyo. 
Now the government restructures and the nerd squad figures out that Godzilla might be propagating itself. Fun. China and Russia want to be involved. Fun. Uh, the U.S. is all, we had dibs oh. on the monster, but actually, you know what? We prefer dibs on exploding Japan. And so they're all, Japan, if you can't figure out the radioactive monster with the resources that, to which we limited you by our treaty, then we're just going to explode it for you radioactively in the middle of Tokyo. Yeah, I guess we're going to explode Tokyo. Sorry. And, but at least they let the UN weigh in so they don't like start World War Three. We still don't know if they did or not, but we'll, you know, that movie hasn't been made. Well, we've got um, that amazing old dude, new prime minister, who's just like, ah, oh, Godzilla's ruining my noodles. <laughs> the noodles are soggy. And it's just like, well, I didn't really, I don't really want to go down in history as the guy who let Tokyo get blown up. Right? And my noodles are soggy. Mood, Fuck. but... I also don't right, like soggy noodles, but like <laughs> this movie's really not subtle when it wants to like tack a concept. Yes. Or it's, um, it's it's symbol of a guy. Yeah. So Rando and the nerd squad wipe their foreheads to try to figure out how to take care of things so the US doesn't blow up Japan a third time. The stand-in prime minister buys them time by reminding France that they are French, so they can disapprove the whole nuclear thing. At the 11th hour, the nerd squad figures out how Godzilla works with the help of Maki's notes and some origami. Origami! Uh, origami saves the day. They're going to freeze Godzilla's blood in order to shut down its reactor system. This is an elaborate maneuver and does, they do a lot of things and etc. They do it. There's lots of explosions and atomic breasts and back lasers. And now we have a tail laser, which fuck yeah, let's go. Anyway, they load Godzilla full of coagulants using a bunch of cranes and basically turn it into a moderately radioactive monument just in time too because apparently it was about to evolve into an army of godzilla people okay Is that what was gonna happen yeah. oh yes. yeah oh, oh yeah. yeah so if you're wondering how godzilla asexually reproduces godzilla just shoots out fucking hr geiger nightmare okay. homunculus men out i wasn't tail. i was gonna save this for later but i'll ask it now since i think that we're here the yeah. final shot of this movie, they pan to Godzilla's tail and we follow it up and it is this like Hannibal style monument of these charred bodies kind of coming out of the tail. Is that what that is? Is the yes. army of Godzilla's? That's, that's the yep. fourth and fifth evolution. What? The, the art that's book, the next stage. The art book has maquettes of those designs. And so that would they're that was going nightmarish. To be, that was going to be the final evolution of Godzilla and it would just run around and kill everything. And it's... Yeah, it was going to be basically Godzilla's zombie horde. Yeah. The idea being that like, Godzilla is evolution. And at this point, it's now had so much trouble fighting humans that it becomes humanoids. I did not like, catch that when I watched this movie. That's swore. nuts. Yeah, there's oh, yeah. this whole idea about oh, how like, yeah. if let to continue evolving, it would just become this absolutely unkillable hive mind creature that eventually travels to other like dimensions is that so why godzilla was so out of commission like i know that it's spent after doing all the back lasers and stuff but it was particularly knocked out when they were feeding it all the yeah, uh it was it was growing more stuff yeah it was great and i think that was one of the things that made the coagulant like immediately work right was that it like you know, I mean, the science of the coagulant and everything is speculative <laughs> at best, right? What they found one from the other room. Yeah. They found the isotope <laughs> that gets it around the thing. It's fine. The science checks out. She's talking in her sleep over there. 
Yeah, there's all sorts of of an unobtainium involved where they have like the Godzilla has its own element. So much DNA. How can a coagulant not work? Speaking of Evangelion reference, did it feel like some of the music was just straight up from Evangelion? That's because it was. Okay, okay, so that was. Just straight up the same fucking yeah, song. So that, okay. that song that you have done, 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 that's Decisive Battle from Evangelion. There's a bunch of remixes of that one. Shiro Sagisu, who did the Evangelion music, did a bunch of the music for this movie, especially like the the part where Godzilla starts like going nuts and you hear like the, like all the chorus singing and it's very apocalyptic. But the other thing I wanted to talk about with this movie is that they have a bunch of the original tracks from the uh, original Godzilla movie, which apparently they tried to like find stereo versions or recreate stereo versions of those tracks. And I just couldn't. So I also think like, I didn't verify this, but I'm pretty sure all of the sound effects from like all of the guns and shit are classic sound effects because of all of the other. Yeah. All of the other considerations to update this movie those sound effects were very antiquated yeah that sounds like some honor i mean shit. speaking That's, of like yeah. of sounds though after you get through like the various like you know sub forms where they each have like their own little roars where it's not quite right how satisfying and chilling is it when the, that final like four form appears and you get the true Godzilla roar. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we think about the new Godzilla form with his little claws? His little like, why? So there's a source Rex claws. I, yeah, yeah, I like the black and red, but uh, the arms are a little too tiny. I like the mouth. Yeah. The way the, the mouth splits open at the bottom. I love, I love the face. I love that this is not a huggable Godzilla. This is just like an emotionless maw of teeth. Yeah. There, there's a thing in Buddhist statues that if they're pointing to the heavens or if their hands are pointing to the heavens, it means they're like heavenly and godly and spiritually. So Godzilla walking around with these hands pointed to the heavens is sort of like just reinforces the godlike imagery of this force of nature walking through stuff. So I didn't I, know that. I yeah, thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. I didn't. Yeah, I, I never caught that or I never like read anything about that. So that's really cool because like the details of the new Godzilla form and the new design that I enjoyed was like the weird, like rib cage. Yeah. Yeah. It has. And which is interesting because the original suit had something like that, but it was because that's how the suit needed to be supported. Yes. So they have basically recreated all of the like weird shit about the original suit that at the time was due to like the lack of budget because the original suit was like made out of cement. They didn't have like latex at that quantity. So they had to make it out of essentially concrete. And so it had this huge yeah, scaffolding inside. And so this, I think that there was an effort to make this Godzilla less of a creature and more of a mistake, which I feel like is really cool in the way that it, it's sort of like a giant wound. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's got the fucked up teeth and the fucked up, ta- like. Those gills that it spells blood and whatever else out of when <laughs> it's. Uh, red goo. It's middle is just like, that is, it's distressing. Like, yeah, yes. that first form <laughs> that, that like, oh, no. it's just like breathing like rancid strawberry jelly all over the streets oh. of Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. I it also, was like, 
like what Jamie was talking about with the hands, I, I feel like that's a really interesting cross-cultural thing because I feel like it's a, a Japanese person, a Buddhist person might see that and, and and think of that. And to me, it's like, it just invokes Larry David. I'm just like, ah, Godzilla, <laughs> what, what is this? I mean, it's it's very interesting. This concept is like, you know, self-evolution and the idea that like, you know, we talk about, you know, horror movies. What is the core fears? And I think one of the fears that this taps into is like, what if there was something so powerful that not even mankind with cooperation and intellect could overcome it? Like, what if there's a force greater than science? Well, and there is. And that's Godzilla. Like all of the civil engineering and all of the planning and everything. Like there were all these things in place because Japan is prone to tsunami. Like that's why the word tsunami is Japanese. The word that has proliferated across cultures for a giant wave caused by an earthquake. I thought it was named after the Disney Channel original movie, Johnny Tsunami. Actually, no. Uh, I mean, it's a good guess. Oh, you're saying that the storm came first and the the word and then came the Disney Channel original movie. (laughs) Okay, okay. The big wave, as you can see in the surfing logos, that's that's from that's from Japan. Okay, Um, so big wave, then Disney movie. Gotcha. Okay, I'm 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 on the same page now. Yeah. So previously, the movie was called Johnny Big Waves. Johnny Big Wave. So anyway, they have all of this like this infrastructure. And still, this the tsunami fucked everything up. The earthquake was fucking everything up. And then, you know, they had all of this stuff because, like, Fukushima Daiichi was on the edge of the ocean and they had all of these plans in place just in case there was a tsunami. And what fucked them up was just the amount of water that got into it because they thought that they couldn't get, like, there was a there's a whole thing and there's some really interesting podcasts and stuff that you can listen to about Fukushima Daiichi and and what happened there. Everybody in America was assuming that we were all dead. And everybody here, especially here on the coast, were seeing like these completely fabricated maps of like the radiation plume and stuff like that. And they were just like, we're going to die in, in a week. We're going to get irradiated. And meanwhile, the, the Japanese government was like, we're just doing this just in case, you know, we're just kind of overcompensating, you know, just in case. And they were still completely out of control of it. I think that as climate change is more of a concern on the forefront, I think this movie really fits in and and includes the nuclear element because, you know, I mean, radium is part of nature, like, but it was us that decided to fuck with it and found out. We sure did. <laughs> we we sure did find out. Yeah, and with Shin Godzilla, rather than the anti-war or anti-nuclear power message of like the vengeance of this power that we have unleashed upon ourselves, I'm not sure because it's barely hinted at, but there is a possibility that Goromaki manufactured something and like created this isotope that turned into a monster because at one point they were saying like well Goromaki left us this and told us you know do whatever you want with it and there was all this discussion of Goromaki like punishing the Japanese because his wife died from radiation poisoning and then the the Japanese government wouldn't help him you know and these are like tiny little plot points like particles in this like massive bureaucracy and disaster that's happening in this movie i think Um, what i think the theme that to me 
that this movie explores and really seems to have an incredibly complicated relationship with is international relations and cooperation. Yeah. Because on the one hand, this does seem, this movie does seem to argue that like Japan does need more military independence. It does need more strength on its own, like that it's that, that like other countries are taking advantage of Japan and pushing it around and using it as a sacrificial pawn and all the ways that's not okay. So it seems to really be, you know, maybe not just criticizing at least what the movie perceives the status quo to be from mm-hmm. a geopolitical angle. But at the same time, the movie takes an incredibly positive view towards international scientific cooperation. They make very clear, like, the internet, you know, rogue science squad. They make very clear that it's like, oh, Americans provided a bunch of really valuable intelligence. The Germans provided a whole bunch of, like, computing power that they needed. The Chinese provided a lot of, like, the uh, machinery and equipment that went into it. Yeah. It's a very nuanced issue that maybe the movie is very intelligent enough to take on a very nuanced on a case-by-case basis it really does paint a very gray you know sometimes good sometimes bad picture of international relations and japan's role in that international web yeah because there's a lot of discussion about the sort of this idea of the americans owning japan or like making unilateral requests from Japan and you know which harkens back to the article 74 and and the treaties post World War II and things like that like the Japanese special defense force which is limited because of World War II because it was you know there was this whole thing for a long time is that Japan couldn't have a standing army and because the army was so the army the defense force in this movie was so involved you know, there was this, like, and I want to go back to that, the fact that Shinzo Abe is like, this movie means that people trust the Jap- Japanese Defense Force. And I'm like... That's not the read. No. <laughs> no, I like, I don't feel like this movie is particularly pro-JSDF either. I mean, they are very ineffectual. I mean, this movie seems to be arguing that the current JSDF is quite ineffectual and needs reform. Yes. And then also a lot of there's a lot of pride that these older politicians keep kind of holding on to in saying, like, well, we have to suffer the involvement of these other countries. And and then you have I uh, do love with the military, the running gag of like someone calls out the military. They call like the guy in the military uniform. He tells the lady, the lady tells the prime minister. I mean, that's how it works. I know, which is like, again, the repeated use of it. It's just like. Yeah. It's just all like it just keeps moving like look how many look how just like redundant and slow everything is like it's both funny and rhythmical and furthers the themes of the movie. Yes. This movie is good. This is a very intelligently very well done good movie. Yeah. As I so eloquently stated with my garbled English. <laughs> she get a she enter Harvard and get a bachelor. <laughs> this movie good top of cool shape this movie is good this movie very good steve did you have something i do have something yes. um while we're talking about the like government rep and stuff like that Broadwin and i were discussing how we thought it was cool that the movie actually talks about structural damage 
and like the repercussions of that damage infrastructure costs and stuff like that that's not something that you typically hear in like the action portions of a movie or the government just kind of like the writers gloss over it and we never get to see like the accountability for all of that property damage and all the people suffering and everything argumentative chats about responses to the crisis people actually trying to figure out different avenues to deal with it instead of it just being like cut and dry and we skip all of those bits like this movie is very much about those details and how do we arrive at you know the next part of our plan kind of thing and i thought it was really unique in that way i don't remember the last time that i saw a movie that actually focused on the minutiae of solving the crisis. Yeah, th- yeah, this wasn't a quick, we have to invent the super weapon device. And now quick, somebody do a heroic sacrifice and get the super device to Godzilla. Yeah. This was a movie interested in like, you know, R&D, testing, dist- you know, manufacturing, distribution, equipment procurement. I mean, they talked about the fallout of soldiers marching on this thing and firing their weapons and how is that going to affect the people on the ground? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh, Akasaka was really there to kind of be the voice for traditional response, for like responsible governance without quite being your your Yaguchi monster killing rogue scientist leading badass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that he is like Dude, our economy is in free falls. If we piss off too many other countries, they won't give us the money we need to fucking rebuild Tokyo in the first place. Yes. And there's all of these little bits of dialogue where, you know, everything seems like minutia, but everything is so important to the realism of the movie. One of the things that I thought was really interesting is that the military officials that were watching Godzilla kind of in hibernation And then they had to do a shift change because of the radiation exposure. And having all of those things, I feel like is less of a celebration of the military or whatever, but it's more about like all of these people from various levels are involved from like the old man with his grandma crossing the train tracks tracks while Mm -hmm. like all of the helicopters were ready to shoot Godzilla and they, they didn't shoot Godzilla because there were just one old man and old woman to like the massive numbers of uh, soldiers and civilians and you know people getting on buses and the, the, these shots of like all of the buses just clogging the motorways uh, oh yeah my favorite line in the movie traffic is going to be murder yes <laughs> yeah yeah when they're well, trying to like evacuate the bombing it is fun that just like once you establish like oh this whole area has been evacuated then it opens up you know our the military to be like Oh, we can just fucking start dropping buildings on Godzilla. Just yeah, I mean, they're pl- Just anyway. push them. I do love that the end of the movie becomes no one gets to destroy Tokyo but us. Yeah. Yeah. Tokyo which is I think... literally fighting Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah, like they defeat him with like with trains and that, no, that literally is. It's got Tokyo fighting back like trains and apartment buildings are like the MVPs in this fight against it's, Godzilla. The, the silver servants are coming to saved yeah well yeah and then they also talk about how tokyo itself and japan as it is now is a result of like scrapping together what we can to rebuild because you know of how many times it's been exploded before and i do love the focus on like we can't let tokyo be exploded just leads to the slight implication of being like would you be okay if other cities being exploded 
What if Godzilla attacks Sapporo? Hokkaido Godzilla. <laughs> Rebirth of Mothra covered that. Oh, shit. Good for you, Mothra. Yeah, because that's the most nature. Nice. But yeah, so this movie is a huge contrast to the original Godzilla because of the size. There's been a lot of fan people saying like, oh, yes, this is the biggest Godzilla. This Godzilla is biggest of all of the Godzillas. But it, the way that the movie is shot, there are so many scenes that show Godzilla going through the city and Godzilla is dwarfed by the huge urban sprawl of the city. So it's really interesting in that way too because you have the post-World War II Tokyo which is essentially a series of small walls compared to the huge metropolis of these buildings that dwarf Godzilla. Like they managed to subdue this giant monster by putting bigger things on it that they have <laughs> built. There are also shots of like trains running while you see like the smoke in the distance and sort of seeing that dichotomy of what it's like to deal with disaster. It's interesting the degree to which civilization doesn't stop in the face of Godzilla. Yeah. Like, Godzilla is actively rampaging and people are still going to work. The civilization continuing is almost like a tool in it. People are still delivering takeout food, but all of that still being up and running is what lets them be able to pull off this coagulant plan. Yes. One of the things that's really interesting to me, and, and a lot of this is like, Looking at this movie, it's interesting how, what a stark contrast it is to previous attempts to remake Godzilla, especially American attempts to remake Godzilla. Like it really does adapt to the original. It, you know, the original Godzilla. When we watched it, we talked about how much time they spend with the like diet and people trying to like figure out what to do and arguing over what to do about Godzilla and everybody trying to work out the politics and the physics of all this stuff and what they can do. I think traditional American filmmaking like would immediately say like, no, we want to cut that down as small as possible. We want to linger on the action and have as much of the big monster stuff as we can. And I, I think what's interesting to me is not only do they resist that, but he's not a monster in the like traditional sense. Um, he is godlike in that like he just does not seem to care about the people. Yeah. We don't know where Godzilla is going or why, but he's just going. He's not trying to destroy Tokyo. He's not even particularly interested in Tokyo. He doesn't kill anybody by anything other than accident of, of his existence until people start bombing him. <laughs> like, and then he <laughs> yeah. starts breathing fire and, and shooting shit out of his back. But he really is like godlike in that sense of like, he just doesn't know or care anything about us. Like, he's just walking. And like almost like with a, like a Forrest Gump rigidity, he's going from like where he started to where walk, he's Godzilla, walk. <laughs> yeah. And like that's that's just it. Like, what is he doing? He's walking. Like it's Forrest Gump. I was running. Like he's just he's just going. Godzilla's just somewhere. out for a stroll. Yeah. yeah. And we and then we start dropping bombs. And by we, I do mean Americans start dropping like bombs on him. And then he's like, well, fine, I'll just bust out my super sweet like tail spine like fucking lasers i love the spine lasers spine lasers are so fucking dope for a movie that is so involved with people and not preoccupied with the monster action they really bring it when there's the actual monster action occurs he has like, a tail laser in this movie yeah like every time that godzilla did something new i was like 
<laughs> when like, like so he first like... removes when he first grabs the legs and then like when he's getting ready to go back into the bay and he just like fucking leans forward and books it like Godzilla run- <laughs> running was like whoa the hell Godzilla's yeah. running guys this is weird yeah and it, it also what you said Jeremy about the godlikeness of the fact that Godzilla just doesn't give a shit really does reflect that sort of unpredictable power of nature that people so often like take for granted the scene with Kamada-kun coming up with all the boats is coming up the canal and all of the boats kind of toppling I mean that's basically straight from tsunami footage Mm -hmm. but the fact that we never really know Godzilla's reason is no real emotion to Godzilla it just destroys and if anything comes closest to it much like radiation, it just is destroyed. Um, and it does do it without emotion or personality. Yeah. I trust the Godzilla in Godzilla vs. Kong, who will also just fucking throw hands at a moment's notice. But, like, that's his personality. Is that, like, another giant monster show up, and then Godzilla goes, like, what, you think you're tougher than me? You ain't tougher than me! And then just beats the shit out of whatever shows up. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, does it with personality. The very first Godzilla movie was this, just this power that was getting out of control and kind of barely understandable. And the grotesqueness of the original Godzilla effects kind of worked with that. I do establish I am a fan of Godzilla first Kong Godzilla, who has the energy of a really big drunk guy from Boston. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, then like you had that first Godzilla movie and you have Shin Godzilla, but then Every Godzilla movie in between has been wrestling. Like, and that's great. You know, like I was talking about Godzilla Final Wars and there's a bit in Godzilla Final Wars where like one monster throws another monster at Godzilla and he like goes for that monster. Like he's, you know, trying to protect a soccer goal or whatever. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, that movie is. That fucking rules. It's kind of wild. (laughs) It's stupid and dumb and fantastic. (laughs) Speaking of things that are dumb and not fantastic, do we think it was a shot at the 97 movie, the American Godzilla movie, when they went like, nah, they totally fucking nuke New York too if a Godzilla ever showed up there, which it never has. I mean, the one thing that makes this movie a little bit hard, other than all of the non-science. We want to address the the level at which this movie is like, all of this is improbable bullshit, but here's our explanation. They're like, Monsters just can't evolve in one generation. That's not how evolution works. And then they're like, well, he's kind (laughs) of got a nuclear reactor inside his body. So he's just like fucking powers that shit up. And he's like, look, legs. Yeah. That seems highly improbable. But also the the G virus from Resident Evil 2 is one of my favorite fucking like monsters and all of monsterdom. So you give me like monster capable of like evolving and like seemingly unkillable monster that will evolve from anything you throw at it that's just fucking terrifying to me i'm into that concept all day well didn't it imply that it was like a a collection of organisms that was constantly evolving and stuff yeah so godzilla had like a bunch of parts that you think godzilla is a rat king yes yeah yeah which technically in the original godzilla series is a thing they're called godzilla cells the godzilla Um, cells yeah they're called godzilla cells or g cells 
which is very important in Godzilla Final Wars, which, by the way, in Godzilla Final <laughs> Wars, the American Godzilla is there and gets exploded so good. by the good Godzilla. So that's my recommendation for that. <laughs> if you have the access to extra footage from the movie, there's actually a scene where you see like these proto Godzillas. Like you see this sort of tumorous material that is like all crazy eyeballs and shit as part of the like the weird flesh that Godzilla's leaving behind on the buildings and everything. So there is maybe a rhyme or reason for Godzilla to just be like walking through shit because it's just leaving its essentially leaving its eggs everywhere. One of the reasons that the non-science works for me is that they don't they just don't understand. Um, and that's the point. They have to make it up in order to, to understand it. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. You were talking about like that they kind of throw in pieces of plot about where Godzilla comes from or maybe comes from or doesn't come from like throughout. And I, I think that's meant to be sort of a, a feature rather than like, you know, not having time or space for it so much as like, you know, we can't really know what Godzilla is or where it comes from. And like we're speculating based on these these bits and pieces of things that we have. And I think that really works rather than there being a true, like, origin story for Godzilla. Yeah. Like, we know that Goromaki is involved, that he predicted it. You know, did he create it? We don't know. We don't need to know. It's like Ben says about Prometheus. Like, some things don't need answers. I don't need to know where the fucking aliens from Alien came out, came from. I don't want to know because it is... <laughs> Much cooler not knowing. Okay, but I do want to know the genetic makeup of the Godzilla cell. Well, there's a lot of Godzilla media that can that you can look into. I'm um, just imagining a cell, like a single-celled organism, but it can do the Godzilla roar from its, I don't know, mitochondria. Well, it's the powerhouse of the cell. It yes, it is. Man, why has there never been like a prison gang guy whose like name is mitochondria? Because he's the powerhouse of the cell block. <laughs> oh my god! Why was that like not that. like a villain in Oz? Well, TM, 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 TM. We're doing it. It's ours now. Mighty mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Final Wars, the elite squad of humans—they're injected with like G cells. The, the G cells, yeah. The G cells, and there's one where they like. They're fighting a kaiju. They're fighting like the lobster kaiju, and they're yeah, like the Ibira. Yeah, they're jumping on it and punching it. It's um, Poor it's Godzilla. fucking awesome though. Yeah, the G cells oh. will make you a badass. Yeah, and they call the people. They call the people who have G cells. They call them X Men. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> also, if you send G cells to space, they'll turn into space Godzilla. Yes, um, and come back and fuck up the original Godzilla. Thanks, um, Mothra. Listen, she didn't know. <laughs> I will not have you <laughs> slandering Mothra on this podcast. How dare you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, let's talk about progressive politics. <laughs> um, Again, this one is like, I don't Mothra know how innocent. with this one. This is the most feminist film I've ever seen. Again, 48 fucking, people in one room, Kyoko two of them are women. I am Patterson. writing Kayoko Patterson for president is getting my write-in vote every election. Listen, yes. I, I searched Kayoko and Patterson on like Google, not knowing what I was in for, looking for images to post on Twitter. There is a lot of fan fiction 
a lot of like drawings oh, of Kyoko dear. and Patterson and your your science girl Emily together. Various oh yeah, <laughs> various images of her stroking her hair as she looks at a laptop. Uh, yes. Oh my yes. god. I was like, I've seen it. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, yep. Yeah, I'm seeing the one you're talking about. I need to open up a new tier on my Patreon. There you go. <laughs> It's very specific tier. I, I need <laughs> to join. I think I need to join Jamie's Patreon. <laughs> well, I mean, I also think I need to join Jamie's Patreon. <laughs> Good. Yeah. The what's her name? I already forgot. I'm so in the moment. Kayoko and Patterson. Oh, I know Kayoko and Patterson. Um, Hiromi. Yes. Hiromi Ogashira is the cool nerd girl. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, I also did enjoy. I cannot remember her name. The third woman in this movie, who is a, a like director of some sort, who has the purple under eyeliner. She's um, so. I think I've seen her in some other toku, like Common Writer or Super Sentai or like Garo yeah. or something. But she so, she looked familiar. Kayoko Ann Patterson, according to the Godzilla wiki, does make a cameo appearance in Godzilla Singular Point, the animated movie. Yes. Well, I haven't that seen show. Videos. That show is real bizarre if you thought like the science fuckery was weird in this one singular point is you yeah. need you need to pause because the subtitles uh, are hard to see but also there are sections where it's just like a paragraph of stuff oh i i'm familiar we watch evangelion i'm familiar with that <laughs> yeah the i think it was the woman who was the woman in charge of defense like the military minister and she was awesome she was just like let's fuck it up and like every, of all these old men that are like, what? I oh, she's ready to right throw now? go down. She's that lady would have punched bit. out Godzilla if she had to. Oh my! Why am yes. I dealing with children? Yeah, she's just like director pointing at watch. Can we explode? Okay, now? that is Raiko Hanamori, defense minister, who's played by Kimiko Yo. Yeah. What does she have? What are her other performances? She is. Trying to see departures, right, Shin Godzilla, Dear Doctor, Worst by Chance. Let's see anything else I know here. Is the list long? It's a oh, very it's, long it's, list. It's a significant list. Oh yeah, Miss Accident Investigator, <laughs> the Ramen Girl. Well, it sounds like she has quite a prolific career. Quite like a career. Oh yeah. yeah, but yeah, the feminist movie, the most ambitious person in this movie, is Kayoko Ann Patterson, future president. Future president. President Patterson. Yeah, President Patterson. Oh, I was going to say the one thing that the one like thing that was difficult to swallow about this movie is that this is a Japan that had no Godzilla. So they didn't know what to call it. Like, And the Americans called it Godzilla and they reverse adapted it back to Gojira, which I was like, what? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> did, why did you? Oh, okay, sure. They were like, Godzilla, that's silly. Just let's just call it Gojira. It's like, yeah, am I watching here? They <laughs> had, it, I think Goro Maki called it Gojira, and then he adapted it into Godzilla because he actually had like the kanji for Gojira. And so he was, you know, and I think it actually referred to the island from the original Godzilla, which is like, he was like, oh, he's from this island. And I think that was the yeah. same island as. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, because the first. Yeah, no, I remember that from the 54 movie. This it was sure was nice for him to leave both like English and Japanese names. Yeah, <laughs> good for branding. It's like, yeah, he had, he had the forethought to be like, I, I'm, I'm going to localize my own monster <laughs> discovery. <laughs> yeah, you got to get those copyrights in. you know. 
I mean, living in America, that's that that's the new sequel is Goromaki faked his death and he's just cashing in on the Godzilla trademark. Right. Godzilla. Okay, apparently Kimiko Yo is in the original the live action Ace Attorney. Oh, cool. I haven't seen that. She is Maiko Ayasato or Misty Faye in the original Ace Attorney live action. Amazing. So other than the shipping, there's not a lot of discussion of like anything to do with sexuality or gender. Yeah, nobody's I mean, husbands than... or wives actually make an appearance in this movie or boyfriends or girlfriends. Yeah, Nobody no is implied romance. to have a relationship of any kind. And then, I mean, all of the foreigners that we see are white. But yeah, his dad I mean, just has old white man hands. <laughs> he could be a puppet. That's where the puppetry finally, like the Godzilla puppetry finally makes a cameo in this movie. <laughs> Can we talk about the effects for a minute? Yeah. Hell yeah, let's talk about the effects. I tried to do some research on this and I don't know what the conclusion was. So maybe y'all can help me out. But I was fascinated by the overall look of this movie. There was something that I read that said that the Godzilla was CG. Yes. But the way it moved the way that its weight shifted, it looked like it was a person in a suit with a CGI overlay on it. They, and they did try to build one. Yeah. Like, oh. there, there are a couple of shots where it's a close-up where you can... They, But they did try to build one, and it was I, I think the tail big. is practical. I think I'll they built the tail. I'll say this. It looks damn good. It's almost like an optical illusion when you watch it in motion, like especially when they do close-ups of the legs or when the gills are opening for the blood to spill out or the plasma, whatever that was, that was like spilling out onto the streets. But I like every single time that we got a close-up of Godzilla when it was in motion, my face was just glued to the TV. We just got like a 50-something inch OLED and this movie looked amazing on it. And I was like, like squinting my eyes trying to find the the seams of the effects and i honestly i do this stuff for work like i i look at this stuff all the time and i really couldn't find it in this and i was kind of mesmerized by the overall presentation of the monster yeah well and i I think that was part of how they incorporated the original awkwardness and they were trying to not make it like cool right like it was, Shin Godzilla is still cool in its own right, but I feel like there's some really good design choices making it look kind of awkward. Yeah, uh, because it becomes more monstrous that way. Um, it's almost like somebody in a CGI, like a, like a mocap outfit, doing the worm on the ground when it is in its <laughs> yeah. early form, and they just yeah. put CGI over it. There is a there is someone who does motion capture. There's there's a guy in there that did motion capture for the suit, but like or yeah. for the uh, for the effect. But I saw because I saw a photo of him in the suit with like the headgear and the effects points and everything. But like I was wondering if there was maybe early footage that they shot someone in a suit and then just put stuff over it. But I guess it's no all around. It's mostly yeah, like a lot of the kind of shifting that yeah. you're seeing is that CGI. That's amazing. Yeah, like, and I also think it's really cool because you look at the legendary Godzilla, which is this like solid, 
you know, monolith of a creature that is just like, ah, I'm running and throwing things. And when Shin Godzilla moves, you sort of see the plates wobble. Um, he looks like he's got a bunch of shake weights for bones. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't look like it's, it, it looks like it's kind of struggling to move and just. <laughs> yeah. Which is the point of making it look like this sort of mistake. I, I think I, I was just thinking about that as, as you were talking about it and, and the fact that you had said that this monster feels more like a mistake. And I think that's sort of how the special effects work in that like it doesn't have to look perfect because it's a weird fucked up creature that's just wiggle at like it's just wriggling its way out of the, the river. And yeah. so like every weirdness and awkwardness and everything about it seems again like a feature rather than a bug like yeah yeah you know, you, oh definitely you, you don't have Look, to you make don't it put uncanny google, and you realistic. don't put those googly eyes on a fucking monster oh. if you don't want googly eyes on your monster <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. well it's weird too because if you there's actually some really cool comparisons that the face of shin godzilla looks has a lot more of the essence of the original godzilla's face because of just how kind of fucked up it looked and you know, because the eyes are kind of it's kind of wall-eyed, the eyes don't move. There's no like real expression to it other than just walking. Got a great side eye. Yeah. Well, it's and that's the thing, is that this it has fish eyes. Like it has these kind of giant dead fish eyes. I love missiles are going off in its face and it's just kind of looking down, like, are you kidding me? Yeah. This? And it does have a um like a weird like lid. You can see that it like covers its eyes with like another with like a third eyelid or something. Yeah, before it explodes its fire. I love the um, yeah. like I mentioned the mouth earlier, the bottom part, how it splits open. Yeah. But I also love the initial roar when it was in its early form with almost like the webbing in yes. the mouth on the sides. And when it expands and it just it was almost like translucent to a degree, but you still saw all the red and, and like black uh, spidering in it. It was really neat. Yeah, it was it did really feel like just a bunch of flesh put together to create something that resembles, a, you know, an ambulatory creature. And then they did mention that the dorsal plates are supposed to be like cooling towers, essentially, for the blood system. And that's why it has dorsal plates like that. Like a lot of movies would take the time to like point this shit out and be like, this is how this is this thing and this is that thing. And that's how that thing is a like. <laughs> I don't care how the superpowers work as long as the action consistently dis displays them and, you know, the rules are are known through the storytelling. I don't need you to explain it to me. It's uh, It feels very organic. I think we've said a lot of the things that are to be said about the social justice like angle of the movie in terms of class and this being a very thorough depiction of the society as a whole from the top to the bottom. You know, certainly the members of the government are the main characters, but we also see these scenes with Rando and him, like, he's one of the few people that takes the time to pray for, you know, the, the destruction. And he actually goes down to, like, he also joins the people in the, uh, like, at on the ground during the final maneuver, which I can't remember the name of it, but it was the... the historical reference or a folklore reference of the um the sake that susanoo gave the hydra which is from like a the kojiki or something like that mm -hmm. and uh, they translate it later as the hydra killer 
but so they don't there's no uh oxygen destroyer in this movie yeah the, much more frightening uh weapon that one yeah yeah just destroy the oxygen oh shit hopefully nothing bad comes of that well what happens when he fucking thaws and all those critters come out of the tail and fuck everyone up well i guess the the sub is just permanently there ready to launch a nuke at any time let's be yeah, real that's what it say. always but is it, <laughs> yeah that was yeah. already the case <laughs> yeah uh yeah i mean i guess all the little godzilla people get out and it's little godzilla it's kaiju zon- what if a zo- what if a kaiju movie was also a zombie apocalypse well i think that's what they were going for yeah yeah and that's still okay. blowing my mind <laughs> like an hour and 15 minutes after the fact and it's still blowing my mind look up the the art book the you know they book. made this for 15 million dollars oh my god yeah wow. that's it yeah. 15 million that's they crazy made apparently they started the production the fall before the release or they started the hollywood filming. take note with your goddamn 300 million dollar indiana jones movies well i don't know if, i don't know if the the WGA terms have been followed. Oh, yeah. Am I not allowed to criticize? Wait, what? I don't know if the people working on this Godzilla, these Godzilla movies, are um, oh. being treated well. Is what I'm trying to say. Is that oh, right. Yes. Union regulations are are in effect here. Yeah, um, I don't know what what unions there are in Japan, but they would not be represented by WGA. No. Um, well, yes, but I thought you were saying WGA like, rules meant I couldn't make fun of Indiana Jones's ridiculous budget. Oh no, not at all. Please, okay. No means no. Go make fun of Indiana Jones. Three hundred million dollars. Yeah, and that's point, after I'm making like, Crystal Skull. Who I would give somebody Greenland. fifty cents after making Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh my god. Yeah, that's the anyway. Welcome back to Progressively Hollywood Accounting. Donate to our Patreon so you can hear more. So yeah, it's pretty monofocused in terms of progressive politics. That is to say, it talks about politics and only like literal politics. So Jamie has the art book and Jamie is showing some of the Godzilla people designs so we can see them. So especially so Steve can see them. And you know, what's funny is that they kind of look angelic. That looks like an unused Evangelion boss. Yes, maybe by Evangelion standards of angelic. Yes. Or Diablo. Yeah, it's like a Diablo or Giger kind of creature. Oh, that's so cool. I want to see more of that. Yeah, so the if you can find the art book out there, uh, there's also scans of it online, but yeah. they have all of these incredible images of the little critters that are coming off of Godzilla's tail at the end. I'm surprised they're not more reptilian than what's pictured in that book. I think the implication was that it was supposed to be like a combination of Godzilla and man and like, the horrors that we've wrought upon ourselves. Like, I'm kind of picturing the Goombas from the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> if you look at the tail, they don't have the small head situation, but they do have... Oh, and they have some models. Well, I mean, yeah. all we really see is, like, skeletal remains. It's yeah. all... It's very, like, charred and black, and those... Wow, those concepts are so cool. Also, I want to mention that a lot of the concepts have boobies, which... Damn titties. Yeah, they're not like the descent zombie kind of boobies. They are like emaciated 
like skeletal creature boobies, but it's just interesting t- to see that there are femme presenting designs for that. Well, and the, that kind of brought up an interesting idea for me because normally we talk about Godzilla as a he, like like a male presenting kaiju, but yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily the case in this one because all, you're right. All of the the humanoid forms coming out of the tail, they're all female presenting. Yeah. So maybe this version of Godzilla is a pissed off lady and you fucking got in her way and she decided to fuck you up. They say that Godzilla, the Shin Godzilla reproduces asexually by just kind of leaving bits of itself around. The fact that this Godzilla can propagate itself from itself, you know, there's no other creature that needs to happen. But that also happened with Godzilla originally, like. So Alicia asked us to talk about Godzuki. Um, And I'm I'm talking about Godzuki because I don't know what Godzuki is. I (laughs) I haven't seen that show in a million years. I just remember that Godzuki is, I remember Godzuki. I remember Godzuki being in the song. And I remember that he could fly, even though he had really, really tiny wings. And, you know, good for him. But He's he's Godzilla Scrappy-Doo. He's a completely unnecessary comical sidekick. (laughs) Yes. does Godzuki talk? Lizard monster. Uh, he he makes noises. Oh. He makes yeah. like Tasmanian devil like noises. Yeah, he does this. <laughs> it's also very much a result of that sort of like 80s, 90s period of like, is there a successful adult movie franchise? Let's make a cartoon out of it. As we've but- discussed, things like the Robocop cartoon and the <laughs> the still the still rumored though. Uh, like they made art for it, but apparently, according to everybody involved, it was never actually going to happen. Aliens cartoon. Yes. Um, oh well, my yes. gosh. Let's be honest here, though. Godzilla the animated series is by far the best thing to come out of the '90s American Godzilla movie. Well, we're talking about the one from like the '80s or maybe even the '70s, like this fully Hanna Barbera like Godzilla, because Godzilla was in that's that. the one where Godzilla went around in a van solving mysteries, right? Uh, yeah, but he's underwater, and they had it to like use a button to summon him. Okay, but nine, but late nineties Godzilla the animated series fucking slapped. I, I haven't seen it in like twenty five years, but I remember it being oh, that's, awesome. That's the one with the. It's like the baby Godzilla hatches, but then they're like, ah, it's it's a cool Godzilla, and now it's we're gonna be a team and help it fight other monsters. I, I remember seeing toys of that with like a little jeep and shit. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that at all. Look, it was look, it was just like badass monster fights every week. Sounds yeah. great. I mean, yeah. it sounds fun. But I wanted to mention Katsuki because in the movies, in the, especially like the um, the show era movies, you have this little fetal mini Godzilla. His name is Minya, or Manila, Manila <laughs> which they call him Minya. Oh, there's Katsuki. Hell yeah! But yeah. Minya is, as far as we can tell, a result of Godzilla cells being sort of spread around. Yeah, there's Minya looks looks like a little potato, and it's I hate it, but it also is important at Godzilla Final Wars. So, but baby Um, Godzilla is much cuter. Yeah, and then there's a baby Godzilla that evolves into a big Godzilla. Anyway, we're we've talked about progressive politics. We've yeah, nothing, about... nothing, even a slight bit queer in this movie. No. Other Absolutely than, not. Other than Unless... Godzilla themselves. Yeah, which you know, Ace represent. Just queer and want to be left alone. 
which yes <laughs> understandable bless her heart just trying to go to the grocery store get some cat food i need better legs let me grow them yeah hold just on you guys up, just pick up some uh nuclear waste food for her and her creepy zombie kids yeah she probably just had an itch like she probably came out of the water she's like i don't have hands and i can't scratch <laughs> and so she's like oh look at all this shit i can that's what is that yourself like? on everything i i need to scream but i don't have a mouth or something like that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. but i must scr- i I, yeah. I have i have no hands but i must scratch yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do we recommend we talked about godzilla final wars and godzilla and godzuki and baby godzilla what else would you recommend if you uh, like- i recommend this i guess early sfx still i found of the movie where it's very early looking godzilla and he's just like puking red blobs onto Tokyo. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. Where do we find that? Google, I guess. Shin Godzilla Form Five. Sing- singular point on. I I guess it's on Netflix now. But that series, I feel, it's not quite as dark as this one, but it has similar ideas in that, like it just goes off the rails, goes way too deep into the science. It has Jet Jaguar as a an actual functional robot that does shit like somebody drives jet jaguar as like a Hell mech. yeah so if we're talking about godzilla re- recommendations singular point is was a surprise because the godzilla anime that they did on netflix is garbage yeah garbage my serious recommendation is if you like you know the way this movie had lots of fast cuts and made bureaucracy seem cool and badass check out hot fuzz i think you're gonna really dig the paperwork scenes <laughs> and also the rest of it it's an incredible movie hell yeah i See? i also recommend oh. all the other shin movies yes because i haven't seen shin ultraman do you know where i can where we the me and the audience can watch shin ultraman shin ultra is i think you can buy the blu-ray on amazon you have to be careful though because the first print of the blu-ray has incorrect subtitles and incomplete okay. subtitles. So there's things that are wrong. You know how in ASCII ta- or in, in HTML where you have I to make italicized, uh-huh. the ASCII code is in there instead of italicizing the thing. So it's funny as fuck. You don't really need the subtitles. It's Ultraman. You understand Ultraman. Even if you haven't seen Ultraman, you're going to understand Ultraman. You could turn off the subtitles and just watch it in Japanese and you won't miss a trick. So that one is available on blu-ray and it's probably streaming by now and then shin common writer is definitely streaming on amazon on amazon and, it is yeah, called I'm, shin masked writer shin though, masked so. writer yeah i'm sure and, there's a there's a japanese original japanese version out there somewhere yeah and both of those feel more like compilation movies you know how like there's the gundam compilation movies where they condense the 50 episodes into three movies so shin ultraman yeah condenses like the first half of the show like or the whole show into a movie so it feels very episodic and common writer has that same feeling it's like shin godzilla is the most movie of the three um these other two feel like uh, a distillation of the series but they're wildly entertaining oh good i think shin godzilla makes the most sense though (laughs) Uh oh oh no oh no are they as uh openly political as shin godzilla Ultraman has hints of it, but it doesn't go as deep as this one. Like you do have a a monster force, so it's like 
the government agency set up to deal with the kaiju. Okay, um, so it's not like Shin Ultraman. This time we dive real deep yeah, into the no, Christian it's, imagery. It's, yeah, it's not as deep as the politics is. And then um, Shin Kamen Rider, if you enjoy feeling sad and also watch people punch heads and explode things. But yes, but also Sounds like our audience, but yeah. also feeling sad. If you enjoy yeah, feeling like sad. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like our audience. But if but also sadness and punching. Yes. And sweaters. It's anime. Come and on. Sweaters. Comfy sweaters. The female character doesn't get a personality until she gets a comfy sweater. So Well, me neither. So <laughs> personality have... in this economy? <laughs> it might burn me as a witch. That's why I did recommendations. Yes, the recommendations. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. Y'all have covered a lot of the ones that I you was thinking about. You can do it again. It's fine. No, yeah. no, no. I've got um I mean the first thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to get yourself one of those old school like Godzilla classic box sets. Yeah. And just start marathoning those. Yeah. Because those yeah. are a ton of fun. I got you all know Bob Ryer from the the Talking Comics podcast. He uh used to work at a video store and he sold me like a classic Godzilla box set with like all of the old movies in it. I think I'm going to dig that up again. But the first thing that I did after this movie, I have it on my PC. I went and played King of Monsters, the 1991 SNK game <laughs> with like all the different kaijus just smashing, like picking people up and throwing them through buildings and everything. Yeah, they made two of them. There's King of the Monsters one and two, uh, 91 and 92. Those came out. So if you could find a way, it also came out on the Neo Geo. If you could find a way to fire that up, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. The only other movie that I really feel like watching after this, and I might get kicked off the podcast for this, uh -oh. is uh, Dwayne Johnson's Rampage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I'm sorry. With Dwayne Johnson in it, so. I unapologetically love the movie. I'm still amazed that Dwayne Johnson was actually willing to be in a movie where he wasn't the largest character. Oh, my God. <laughs> when the wolf comes in at the end, I nearly died. The giant crocodile. That movie's fun. I don't care. That I love existed. I'm a huge Thank video you. game nerd. And I was so pumped for that movie. And there was like, there was nothing that was going to ruin it for me. So oh my God. I forgot beautiful. that came out. Rampage yeah. rules. It's so stupid, but I love it. That's going to have to be one of our birthday specials because Jeremy, I know Jeremy had Doom on his list of uh, birthday specials. Um, Can I put something out there? Yes. If I, it's not really, um, I mean, we do different types of movies for birthdays. My birthday is not until January, but if we can get together to talk about Death to Smoochie, yes. I would absolutely love that. Yes, I've been meaning to rewatch that too. That is in my top three favorite movies of all time. Yes. I love that movie so much. Love me for <laughs> Edward Norton, man. Oh, everything about that movie is so hilarious. But yeah, that's all I've got. Rampage, the old school Godzilla films, just marathon them and find yourself a King of Fighters arcade machine in a pizza place and yes. go and play it. Or oh. bowling alley. Oh, good. Yes. King of Fighters. Yep. Good bless. Find one of those like multiple game, uh, like SNK machines where they you can actually, there's like a select game button yeah. and uh, the multicolored buttons for it. Yeah. That's how you play SNK. Do it. Do it.
Jamie has given us some notes here. Pluto TV has uh, a bunch of Godzilla stuff, and Max, uh, HBO, formerly Home Box Office Maximum, has a lot of the Showa era Godzilla, and I think in Japanese too, because that's um, yes, yes, one yes, of, yes. Yeah, one of my recommendations is Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, aka Godzilla versus Hedora, which is fucking acid trip. It's the environment, and you know, it's kind of weird to have Godzilla be the protagonist in a movie about how bad pollution is, but here we are. Well, it's always weird having Godzilla just be the protagonist, like the end of the 2014 movie where it's like, yay, Godzilla, you only destroyed half of San Francisco. You're our hero. Yeah. Everyone clap for Godzilla now. Well, I think America can relate. Uh Just (laughs) dark. Uh-uh. That's why we love Godzilla as a protagonist. By the <laughs> way, if you're deciding between Shin Godzilla or 2014's Godzilla, definitely Shin Godzilla. When do we get Shin King Kong, though? Come on. It's a different thing. Because the Shin is like the new one. Like We they... need a Shin Mothra. We do. The rebirth of Mothra was, well, not maybe like a more more recent Shin Mothra, but yeah, we need a new one. We need. I'm like not a sure new if this one. is Shin King Ghidorah, but I do want three heads and a baby. <laughs> That's the new Mothra. King Ghidorah is actually in Rebirth of Mothra, a very different form, but Rebirth of Mothra is from, I think, the 2000, 2001. Um, and it's just, there's three movies and they're just Mothra, but they are very, 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 very good. Uh, All Star Gamera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gamera, you know. Gamera's coming back, I think. Good. Love. So, Jeremy. I still haven't done recommendations. I will say, if you enjoy, especially the first half of this movie, you may also very much like the works of Aaron Sorkin. Um, <laughs> if you like men in suits walking down hallways while they talk, there's your man right there. The The first half of this is very reminiscent of The West Wing to me. You know, lots, of, so lots of people talking fast, having meetings, walking down hallways. So, you know, there's always that. What I would recommend that has nothing to do with Godzilla whatsoever, just that I happen to have watched going to and from, uh, I went to and from a a convention in Seattle recently doing my little pony stuff and got a chance to uh, watch a few movies while I was there. Uh, One of them was John Wick 4. If you've not seen John Wick 4 and you've seen the other three, I mean, why not? If you enjoy knowing what's going to happen 10 minutes before it does, the fact that they decide to have their final battle at Sacre-Cœur and he has to fight his way there. I was like, they're going to fight on those steps for so long. There's going to be so much fighting on steps. And there they, was. Did, they did fight up and down them fucking steps a couple of times. <laughs> You've never been on those steps. They're very, very long steps. There's like 120 steps. And when they when they said they were going there, I was like, oh, they go fight on them steps. Um, <laughs> I was very excited about this. But uh, what I want to recommend is the other stuff that I saw, which... Uh, Back when we talked about Train to Busan, I also talked about the fact that uh, Madame Siak, who is in that, is my favorite part of the Eternals film. He's also maybe my favorite part of Train to Busan. He's the thick dad of Good Dad, Thick Dad. That movie. Yes. He was just, he's a, a big dude, an actor, and a martial artist. And I love seeing a martial artist in a movie who is like a, a big dude, not, you know, a skinny kicking man. <laughs> Madame Siak is a big dude. So I watched two Ma Dong Siak movies. One is called The Gangster, The Cop, and The Devil, which I absolutely bar none recommend. It is about, he, Ma Dong Siak plays a gangster in, in this sort of like 
rivalry with this up and coming, very Jackie Chan type cop who's, you know, always trying to do the right thing, despite the fact that the rest of the, uh, you know, department doesn't care enough to try and fight these gangsters. But uh, Madang Siak is the like lead gangster of this underground and uh, through like getting caught in his car in the rain, accidentally gets targeted by the serial killer who's killing people out on the road at night and uh, nearly gets killed. The cops are trying to track down this serial killer. And meanwhile, he is like, I am the biggest gangster in, in all of Korea. I cannot let this punk go to jail without me murdering him. Because uh, <laughs> like, if I don't kill this guy, nobody's ever going to respect me again. So like he and the, the cop character are like racing to find and stop or kill the devil of this, the serial killer. So it's like, both uh, an action movie and a gangster movie and a serial killer movie uh, oh and a God. cop movie. So like it's, it was a real fun one. Definitely worth checking out. I guess they're making a remake of it, which I assume is going to be in English, but he's also in. So who knows if that'll be any good. The other one is called unstoppable uh, where he like plays a dude who seems to be just a dude who like is a, a good guy and gets taken advantage of by a lot of like, underground types he's he's trying to like provide for his his wife and having a hard time with like day-to-day stuff but then like his wife gets uh kidnapped by these like human trafficking guys and so him and his loser buddy go on like a a path of destruction trying to get to his wife and find out what's going on and fight their way through this whole like criminal organization (laughs) while the cops try and stop him from doing so but like you know he's one of those like characters that it's like oh he was just a dude but also, he really fucking loves his wife. So, like, he will yes. murder everybody to get her back. Um, oh, yeah. Bless. And, yeah, it's he's really good. And his, the woman who plays his wife is really good in it. And I, I told my wife, like, this is exactly what would happen with us and that he fights his way through this whole criminal organization by the time he gets to where she is supposed to be. She is broken out and on the run somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn it, that is exactly what would happen with me and Alicia. That's so um, good. Absolutely. Both of those are phenomenal movies. I recommend both of them, as well as Train to Busan. If you haven't seen it, I can't say for sure that I recommend The Eternals, but you may enjoy it. Your mileage will vary. So, yeah, that's... I I did talk about talking about One Piece. I just will say now, it's all right. And Makinryu is... Which one is Makinryu? He's uh, Zoro. Mm, Okay. He's the son of Sunny Chiba, so yes, he's very yeah. handsome and very good at swords. Oh my god! I agree. I loved One Piece live action. Yeah, I haven't seen all of it yet, but it's the Chiba. I just I can go on about it, but I do recommend just checking it out because you know these are the things that we can do. If you like Godzilla, if you like to animes, and uh, I mean, I guess if you like One Piece, you don't need to like One Piece to like this One Piece. Um, you can like but... as many pieces as you like. Yeah, it's whatever, how, however many pieces. This one's all right. So, yeah, I think that's about the long and the short of it. The long, the shin of it. Um, I love this movie. I love this. I, I have a lot of things I can still say about it, but we've talked about yeah, it. I guess we didn't really say whether we uh, go around the table as to whether we recommend it. That is everybody feel. it's safe to say that we recommend it. Yeah, we recommend it. it. Hell yeah. Yes. And get the art book because it comes yeah. with the script. Oh, wow. Oh, hell yeah. And I can't read it, but it's there. <laughs> you get that deep lore. And you know, when it's it, when Anno's involved, you need to have that deep lore because then you're going to find out like how 
the human genome is involved in Jesus. Godzilla's existence. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say though, like if I was going to recommend this to someone, I would probably give them a heads up about it being more of a political thriller than like a Rock'em Sock'em Godzilla movie. Yeah. If, if I thought they were the type of person to get turned off by that, I would want them to know what they're going into so that they can go into it with like, luckily I, like I said, I went into this blind and just the fact that it was so different from everything that I've seen in the past couple of years, I was all in because I was like, ah, oh, thank God. Like, Breath of Fresh Air, let's do something different with let's this, go. you know, classic legendary yeah. property. But I don't know that everybody is going to have that reaction. If you have people that are fans of like the Americanized versions of Godzilla that have come out, the Kong movies, mm -hmm. uh, the Versus movies, all of that stuff. If that's their bread and butter, I do think that you need to be like, listen, this is going to be, you know, a little bit more heady in the in the political department, just so you know. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of wind them up and watch them go. Yeah. yeah. I, I, my only caution would be uh, just to let people know how fucking dense it is. Uh, like, if, especially <laughs> yeah. if you're watching this with subtitles, you will not be able to look away from the screen. People do not stop talking. They will go to 12 different kind of uh, talking heads in a row, crazy Dutch angles. Just so like, you can get through like the bureaucracy and the, the talking of this. And yeah, like if you're the sort of person that likes to like wander off in the middle of the movie for a little bit, grab some snacks, you know, get a coffee, come back. Uh, you're going to have to pause it. <laughs> I will say um, we watched this. Uh, we rented it on YouTube and it was the only uh, the only option that I saw was the dub. And I was definitely getting like Wayne's World 2 wayne fighting uh cassandra's father vibes oh, oh God. from this <laughs> so yeah, so yeah it was Amazon... it was a bit much at times but then there were other times where it was extreme to like a funny degree especially when they were going around introducing the rebel scientists yeah it was pretty yeah. funny I, I would say go with commend go with amazon shit godzilla original japanese version yes. uh, it does have the english subtitle on there which is what i was worried about when it's an original japanese version and then it didn't have subtitle options. It just has the English subtitles on there normally. Yeah, they're integrated. And if it ever comes in theaters, again, for whatever reason, you should see it in the theater because the action scenes with Godzilla are kind of overwhelming when it just explodes in your face that you kind of need to come down from that. When, all, that's when all the political flying into the air. Yeah, and that's when all the political bullshit helps because it lulls you in a false sense of security and then <laughs> kapow! Because yeah. yeah. I, I first saw this in the theater and it blew my fucking mind. Just, and, and it does have that classic Godzilla music. And I would like to hear that through like theater speakers. Like that would yeah. be, that would be some good shit. Gotta so be. I think there was a recent, there was a showing of it maybe in Portland or something recently. But yeah, if, it, if, if you're, especially in, as we get into spooky season, find it. And this was the second in our spooky month series of uh new takes on classic stuff so we didn't hear us talk about invisible man last week that one was also excellent next week we're talking about the uh the latest in the scream franchise for however long before they make another one ah. scream six um, <laughs> no it's at this point it could be out tomorrow i don't know yeah and if you like that we're talking about scream six next week and then we're finishing off with uh evil dead rise so time for that spooky season the 
it's only getting wilder from here. Excellent. All right. Uh, Jamie, well, can... Steve, yeah, where can we find you? Where can we find you on online? Uh, Jamie, go ahead. JamieNaguchi.com. I fucking bit the bullet and put all my shit on there. It's basically a card site. I'm building it out, but it has links to all my other shit. Nice. Awesome. That's, yeah. Uh, you can hear me just about every Wednesday, unless I'm not there doing the <laughs> Talking Comics podcast. I've been taking a few days off every now and again, just go Good to some concerts you. and do some stuff. But yeah, normally, uh, every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m., we drop an episode of the Talking Comics podcast. Beyond that, uh, I am at dead underscore anchoris on Twitter still, although I barely tweet anything. But uh, if you want to catch me on Blue Sky, I'm also dead anchoris there. And then, of course, on Instagram as well. That's me. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Emily, did you want to give your... Uh... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm megamoth.net, similar thing to, to Jamie's situation. That's a card. But I'm also on Twitter. And Mega Moss, pretty much on Patreon, and uh, Mega underscore Moss on Instagram. And Ben, fucking go read L. Campbell wins their weekend. Yeah, it's a book. I wrote it. <laughs> either it'll either be coming out in days when this episode like airs, or have just come out. So, fucking go read it. It's not horror in any way, but fuck <laughs> it, buy it anyway, or else. Or else. Yeah, and uh, on that same note, by the time this comes out, we will be about a month away from the release of Jamie and my School for Extraterrestrial Girls, book two, Girls in Flight, which is out in November. If you love this movie, there's something there for you, for sure. Oh, yes, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. This book definitely involved me going, Jamie, what do you want to draw? So if that tells you, <laughs> that tells you anything, there's a lot of that. To, to this book and what we did with it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you find me in all the usual places. If you listen to this, you probably listen to more episodes of it. I say it every time. Uh, <laughs> and the podcast, of course, is in all the usual places as well, including wherever you're listening to it now, which we would love for you to give it a five-star review so that other people can find it so that we can do more of them so that you can enjoy more of them. It's really yourself that you're benefiting here, honestly. Absolutely. Um, so yes. And again, thanks to Steve and Jamie again for joining us uh no problem thanks. this was a blast thank you so much emily for being born uh, <laughs> you're welcome i'll tell, I'll, I'll convey that to my folks um yes thank them thank for them. us yeah they got and, me into godzilla so oh yeah. nice uh and until next time stay horrified